ever want to buy one of the plugins you've heard about on the show and you have an account at pluginboutique.com, consider doing it through our affiliate link, which you can find on a4ppodcast.com or in the episode description. It gives us a percentage of the sale so you can support the podcast and you pay the exact same price. Cheers. Timmy, it's been a long time since we did this. Uh, it, we ju- we it's just been massive... millions of years, mate. Who even are you? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to do this anymore, but uh, we just <laughs> took a massive break, if you didn't notice. I did notice, mate. We were supposed to take sort of two episodes off, and we put two episodes up there on the Patreon, and uh, then <laughs> we uh, we sort of got used to that and thought, oh, I like not doing the podcast. <laughs> what, what a crazy idea to start doing a podcast in the first place. Yeah. Why? Why did we think that was a good idea? And so we, we took another couple of weeks off, but don't worry, we're here now and we're just slowly cranking the machine back up. And uh, yeah, we're still alive, right? Yeah, I think so. And we're going to have a nice slow episode. It might not last very long. But we're gonna, <laughs> oh, wow. We're going to put something out there, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You've got to get back on the horse, okay? Yeah, exactly. Here's, here's some, uh, some news for you. I wanted to tell you in person, but I can't tell you in person because we're under another lockdown. It Uh, would be illegal to tell me in person, James. Oh, man. Well, it would be illegal even if we weren't under lockdown because this news is so hot. (gasps) What is it? I'm on the edge. I'm literally on the edge of my seat. I'm going to scorch your ears. Basically, Tim, I got a phone and it is not an Apple phone. It is an Android Yes, now, I I did actually uh, have an idea about this because uh, you stopped replying to all my text messages (laughs) over Christmas and I thought you were just ignoring me. But I guess they were going to the iMessage graveyards in the sky, basically. Yeah, right over Christmas. Well, turns out you need to disable your iMessage. Like, you need to wipe your number from the iMessages if you get rid of your iPhone. Otherwise, people would just messaging into the void yeah man i mean uh, i'm pretty sure that my phone will still try and i message you when uh, when i send you a message or whatever and that whole the whole i message slash slash sms thing seems to be a complete nightmare but then yeah. that is a whole that is a whole bundle of trouble on its own but aside from all of that how are you finding Android Land? What is your? What did you say your phone was specifically? It is a, a Samsung. It's one of the cheaper Samsungs because basically what this is, it's more of an experiment. It's more of a like. It's not like oh, I'm going to fully commit to this Android capazel. Mate, this isn't the sort like changing your phone manufacturer is not the sort of thing that you could just dabble your toe into. You've got to. <laughs> it's an, it's a it's a whole lifestyle thing, right? <laughs> I got a relatively cheap Samsung one. It's a, a white color, which I like. Uh, it looks no, cool. Looks no cool. Jokes. Well, mine's white. Mine's white on the back as well. So oh, okay. it's still bros, right? Uh, that's fair enough. It's basically right. Look, it's pretty much the exact same shit. There's not much difference. That's true. That's true. The, the I first, mean... the first one I got, it was like bigger than my head, and uh, <laughs> I had to send it back and get a more reasonably sized one. Okay, okay. I mean, the thing is, like you say, they're pretty much of a muchness. Is there anything you've been doing on the phone that you can't do on an iPhone, or is this just a it-costs-less-money sort of a deal? No, check this out. Widgets, Tim. I'm all about them widgets. So, you oh, know, God. on an iPhone, you have uh, you, you open your phone app, and you got a shitload of apps, right? Yeah. Well, on an Android, you can do this. 
So you can oh, see wow. there three spaces worth of apps are taken up by a Spotify widget. So I can just start Spotify playing from there. There's my Gmails. There's a podcast playing thing there. And all okay. the apps are around the place. So I can do everything from one page and get a get a, a nice little preview of any uh, all my inbox stuff to haunt me as I'm, I'm walking around. I bet you think you're pretty clever with your widgets, don't you, mate? <laughs> I do, I do. Has it, has it upped your productivity? Uh, no, it's probably just made me uh, think too much. Uh, I mean, there are, there are negatives as well, because like, sometimes it just stops playing music or podcasts and stuff. It's, a bit, it's less well-integrated. It's not very seamless. Things uh, go wrong. The notifications. It feels like Apple still has the edge when it comes to slickness and integration. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm still, I'm still 50-50 on what my next phone will be. But I'll tell you what this has, actually. Forget the, uh, the software side of things. If you look on the bottom of this, right? Mm, show me. Do you see that? That little Oh, hole? you've got a flipping jack. Yeah. Oh, you lucky bastard. That is the reason I bought this phone, because it's got a 3.5 millimeter. Do you know what a millimeter is? You probably don't. I, I'm very familiar with what millimeters are mate let me tell you buddy it's a three oh point, yeah 3.5 millimeter hole i know exactly how long 3.5 millimeters is mate don't you worry about that a corresponding 3.5 millimeter diameter piece of metal <laughs> uh which can go into this one or any similar hole if anyone i don't know if uh, this sounds futuristic this technology yeah. why have an apple got on it i think so i think i'm an early adopter but i think it's going to mm. be big for the convenience and the compatibility that's basically why i bought this let me tell you, James, I, um, I, when I got my iPhone SE 2020, I got the, um, the lightning to whatever it is to, to jack adapter mm. and I never actually used it. And then I tried it out a few weeks ago and admittedly I, bu I did buy a shit cheap adapter off eBay that was like uh -huh. three quid. It sounds fucking awful, mate. <laughs> How does it it's sound bad? It's like, it, sounds, it's, it just sounds really thin and really tinny and shitty and cheap. So like the, um, the DAC in it must be fucking shit, which is outrageous when you consider I paid three quid for it, however. So I guess I've got to try the official Apple one, is, but that's like... Is there a DAC in nine it? Nine quid. There must be. Does it not it's just... It's literally converting the digital output from the Lightning into the analog output for the jack. I mean, I don't know much about Lightning cables, so I was kind of assuming that you could get an analog signal in, but then again, I hadn't really thought about it. So yeah, I well, guess nine. if you've got a crappy adapter... Yeah, you're asking for trouble. Yeah, it was like seriously piss poor mate. Look, the other thing about Android phones is you could install a Super NES slash PSP emulator on there or something. Ah. Have you gone down that road? I haven't, but I, I'm not sure if you'd probably have to I know, do the equivalent of jailbreaking or something like that. I'm not even sure you would. Mm, I mean, mm. I haven't. I am trying to use it as little as possible. I've got uh, one home screen full of uh, apps that I do use. And, right, ideally, here's what I'd love to do. I get a phone, which is a classic dumb phone, which has maybe some buttons I can send text messages from and receive calls. Then like a Nokia? Something like that, yeah. 30, 3310, I think, is better than 3210. I don't know what you think. Uh, mm -hmm. The Then I have, like, a mid-tier, like, an iPad with a SIM card in it, so I can do some work on it, and I can use it oh. a bit more, get some notifications, do some pro stuff if I wish. And uh, then, like, I have a, an iMac or something in the office. So I'm a increasingly mobile or chained to a desk with power. 
uh, depending which mm. way I go. Wow, I did realize that you went down the uh, iPad with 3G route, mate. That's crazy. That's what I'm thinking of doing. But anyway. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We're here to talk about music production, Tim, okay? Are we really, mate? That seems, that seems boring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I want to do a quick shout out. Recently, I went on the Tune Lighting podcast. That is a podcast. Hang on, what, you're getting podcast invites? Where's my podcast invites? Uh, Don't uh, worry about it. That's fine. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, basically, this is a podcast about two dudes who are making an album in a year. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, okay. Hence the name Tune Lighting. I, I, a while ago, they followed me on Twitter and I uh, clicked their profile. I think I first said, huh, Tune Lighting, that's funny. And I clicked it. <laughs> and then it said, uh, these dudes are making an album in a year. And I was like, yeah, that's clever. And then I clicked it again. And uh, I saw the dudes, and I was like, hang on a second. I literally recognized those dudes. Turns out, biggest coincidence you will ever hear, these guys were both my neighbors while we were growing up. No way. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. both have... Hang on. And you both have... All three of you have music production-based podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Like, I haven't... I pretty much haven't talked to either of them for a very long time. I mean, one of them a little bit. But, yeah, suddenly... Boom. It's such such a coincidence that it's probably not a coincidence. Like I said on the podcast, they're probably... What are they putting in the water there, mate? That's what I've got to ask. Mm, What's going on? Pod juice. (laughs) Delicious pod juice. Mm. Uh, So, yes, you can check me out on the Tune Lighting podcast. That is the episode of theirs that came out on uh, the 16th of December, 2020 if you want to find me. So, James, why have you decided to cheat on me with another podcast? Was I not putting out enough for you? What's uh, what's the deal? Like, you know, you and I never said we were going to be exclusive, Becky. <laughs> well, I, I assumed that that was part of the deal, mate. <laughs> we never assume. You know, I'm a player. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> I, I'm older and wiser now, basically. Um, so it, so what was it? Um, I guess that was before lockdown. But I guess these guys are based based somewhere else, are they? Yeah, they're both up near Manchester. So uh, we had to do it remotely. We were, we were delaying it a bit because we wanted to do it non-remotely. But yeah, that was never going to happen for a long, 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 long time. Oh, man. I want to go up to Manchester and check out some Manchester chickadees. But I guess that's uh, not, in, <laughs> not in anyone future anytime soon basically <laughs> no i promise i will do it with you when everything returns to normal <laughs> Ooh, promises promises tim do you remember a while ago uh, we did a uh, run a giveaway for oblivion sound labs hex drum plugin we had a couple of licenses to give away Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I don't remember that, but it sounds good. It's time to say who the competition winners are. Uh, Number one is Craig CZYZ. Oh, hey, well done, Craig. You'll be hex drumming all night long. uh, And Victor Nova is the other one. Victor, this is your victory. Well done. There you go. So sorry to everyone who didn't win it, but you just didn't try hard enough yeah 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 just be better next time all right <laughs> we've got three new patrons as well uh that's craig jd and yoan london is back he's back and he's better than ever tim <laughs> oh wow so he went away and then he came crawling back to like, us is that right like churchill like john snow <laughs> like jordan peterson <laughs> he went away and then he came back has jordan peterson come back i didn't know uh, sort of hobblingly yeah 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 Oh dear, I do. Well, the less said about him, the better. Then, I guess. <laughs> well, 
thanks for being Patreons, guys. It means the world to me, and especially James, who has an empty life. Yeah, yeah. Without the Patreon. All, all I wait for is the patrons to sign up and uh, give me a little <laughs> ding ding. <laughs> it, g- it gives him it gives him a buzz, much like the uh, mm. futuristic drug nuke from Robocop 2. Yes, or like a cam girl when they uh, have that thing. You know what I'm saying? Goes, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. The little jingling noise. I've got no, no idea. Neither what you do mean. I. <laughs> and of course, we are still selling t-shirts. Just go to a4ppodcast.com if you want to have a look at our knob perfunction t-shirt. I think I'm going to do another t-shirt pretty soon as well. Um, but <laughs> who has the time? to do this stuff these days you're crazy james okay james guess what's happened no stop guessing i'm gonna tell you i bought the flipping slate vsx headphones which i want to call svx because uh-huh. i think that's how sexier which you already had you got you blagged yeah. some freebies you haven't even used we, them have we, you we talked about uh, me getting the vsx headphones in order to review and then we took a little break and I just didn't do shit. Unbloody believable, mate. Well, let me tell you the scenario which led to me buying them. So I was working on tunes all last year. Mm-hmm. I had a bunch of them finished. I was mixing them down. I was doing a lot of uh, checking on what I like to do with my tunes, James, is I don't just like to play them on other systems like some kind of noob. I actually like to... You like to play them backwards on other systems. That's, that's true referencing, Tim. Oh, well, almost. I, I like to have a little bit of a mix with them on the old uh, Tractor S2 mm. so that I can make sure that they sound good in the mix as well. Because if you're making dance music, or even, if, to be honest, even whatever sort of uh, quote-unquote popular music you're making, it's got to sound good in context with other stuff because that this is how we listen to pop music. So... Yeah, and I was, I was like, I was kind of like, I was getting there, or whatever. Still struggling a bit, um, and then I got some marketing email from Slate saying, "There's only three hundred pairs left in the oh, world, no. or whatever. You've got to buy them now." And I was like, "Oh Jesus, maybe I should buy them now." Um, <laughs> you actually got just lampooned into buying them because of an email. Well, so so I so I went on the UK distributor page or whatever, and they were like, they had 180 left. Well, I was like, well, it doesn't sound like there's only 300 pairs left in the world. So whatever, basically. They're an endangered species, Tim. They, well, this is the thing. I man, I really, I do have real fear of missing out. But anyway, maybe, maybe they meant there were 300 breeding pairs left in the world. Oh man, well, I, I don't think they breed, breed, breed left. Maybe when they get to version two, they'll start breeding. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe it's like a Jurassic Park thing where they're all female, but life will find a way. Anyway, so I was like, okay, because um, uh, I spoke to Lee about them because he's also tried them, uh, Lee DK, who works for Cable Guys, and he said they were good, right? Okay, go and ringing endorsement. They're good. That yeah, he said yeah, he said with good. But the thing the thing is with Lee is he doesn't you know he doesn't suffer fools gladly. He's not gonna say they're good if they're shit or whatever. He doesn't drink the Kool Aid. So I was like okay, but he was like also Sonar Works is good. So mate. I flip in, downloaded Sonarworks, tried that, just the headphone version. Mm-hmm. Tried that with my uh, Sennheiser HD 650s. Um, it's got like a profile for those, whatever. I turned it on. They instantly sounded a little bit nicer. Okay. Um, 
but that doesn't really help me. I mean, you really want you want a product that's going to make your music sound bad, really, to put it through its paces. Right. So I was like, um, okay, I was I'd heard a few things online that the VSXs come with a thirty day money back guarantee. I couldn't find anything about it, like officially or whatever. So I phoned up UK distributor. They confirmed that they do indeed have a thirty day money back guarantee. I slammed my debit card <laughs> down on the table and uh, and then I entered the details into the website and I ordered them. And uh, yeah, I checked them out with my flipping mix downs I was working on. And yeah, they seem cool. So as you know, James, so- they simulate a bunch of different environments, mm. yeah, including stuff like various different mastering rooms or whatever, or mixing and mastering rooms uh, and various home listening environments like cars and stuff like that mm. and it and listening to them it does sound like you are in another room and it does it does sound like quite vibey or whatever you are getting quite a lot of room sounds and in fact by default they are they, they there's a knob in the software that you use on at the end of your master there's a knob where you can choose like the depth of the effect huh. between like completely dry, i.e. no effect, and completely wet, i.e. all the effects. I seem to find at the default 50-50 setting, it's set like, I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if this is really correct or whatever, but I sounded, it sounded like there was some like phase sort of weirdness that I wasn't cool with. So I just uh-huh. whacked them up to full effects and everything. And yeah, I think they sound really, yeah, they sound really interesting. And they definitely brought out issues with my mixes, uh-huh. the sort of stuff that I would be looking to find if I was for example, still taking my mixes to Poo Nanas in Bath and having a listen to them, basically. Did, did you uncover those holes in your mixes by browsing through the different profiles and suddenly on one of them you uh, uncovered it? Um, well, so, for example, in specifically... If you so a couple of the tunes that I'm mixing um, have got like uh, aim and break beats, James. I don't know if you're familiar with those, which which are kind of like pretty like broadband or whatever. You know, they're they're kind of noisy or whatever. They take up a lot of the frequency range. Specifically on the car presets and especially the electric car preset, those were really kind of harsh. Mm. And which which is you know I suspected was going to be a problem, but. Everything sounds so lovely on my Adams, mate. It's really, <laughs> it's really hard to tell. This is the trouble with high fidelity monitoring. Yeah. So, um, so I did some like I did some cuts. I think they were like in the six k range to eight k range or whatever. Sounded a lot better. The club setting I found really useful because I had one tune which had. Now this is going to blow your mind, buddy. I had a bass sound with fi- cutter, cut, filter cutoff modulation uh-huh. that used an envelope. And an LFO to modulate it. I know. Okay. I'm, I'm an experimental music madman. Well, both, both like in parallel or like uh, the envelope is sort of wiggling about from start to finish. Oh no! So it was the modulate. It was they were they were both modulating mm. the, the cutoff basically, um, and and it, and I found that that was doing some stuff in the low end that was sounding kind of messy when you put it through the club thing because not only did these things affect like the sort of uh, the the tone of it so like your eq curve or whatever and they also do some stuff to the dynamics and and also it's kind of like there's like a lot of room sound on that especially in the club and everything and the the low end was just sounding sounding kind of messy and it really wasn't like jamming too well with the rest of the thing or whatever so i just kind of like did a little bit of tidying up on those and then in fact on one of the aemon ones i ended up i ended up realizing that the aemon i was using was one that i'd already kind of like pre-processed 
a bit and was just like a bit too dynamic and was kind of like a bit harsh or whatever and everything and I ended up swapping it out for another one in fact I ended up changing the pitch of it as well all kinds of stuff and whatever you ended up swapping it for its amen brother Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Unacceptable. Um, So, uh, very good. Um, So, yeah, so I haven't quite finished those mixdowns yet, but I'm feeling like... I feel like I'm on my way to getting my best mixdowns ever, TM. So, um, yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm not going to be sending them back and they're going to be very useful, Mm. especially in these lockdown times, James. I mean, I don't go to clubs anymore anyway, really. But having having, you know, a little kind of emulation of a club in your headphones seems pretty flipping convenient. And also you can, you, you know, you can adjust stuff. Um, when I when I used to take shit to Poonanas and listen to it on on the whole system and especially the DJ monitor there, I was always like, oh, I wish I could fiddle or faddle with one of these track elements while I was here and make sure I got it right. Mm. You couldn't do that, do that then. Nah. You can do it now. Ooh. So um, so yeah, I'm feeling good. So I think <laughs> I'm gonna keep the slate. I think I might even get get the sonar works just to make my HD 650s sound nice. I mean, I don't know if that's really going to have any practical application, but they sure do sound nice. And also, I've picked up flipping uh, Julian Loudness Meter 2, mate, ah, as well. Yes. So, uh, so, and that is good because uh, that just, that really gives you a number of how good slash loud a song is that, that really lets you just quantify R as just a digit, basically. <laughs> Brilliant. Do you, do you know I've, I've had a coffee with Julian in uh, Belgrade? Really? Have it, mate? That's pretty fucking impressive, yeah, actually. Fair. What's he like? Uh, he kept, he kept um, flashing when the conversation got too loud. Oh, really? Okay, okay. His face turned yeah, red, yeah. did it? That, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, there was a discount on flipping uh, Julian Loudness meter. So it's only 35 quid, mm. which seems good. And you could just drop songs into it. It'll analyse it and give you this flipping number. So um, so yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I'm trying to be more professional with my music-based stuff, mate. You know what I mean? I mean, only about three people are going to listen to it. They're not going to give a flying fuck, but <laughs> just for my own peace of mind, you know what I'm well, saying? Well, you, you can never go to deep on the technical side of things because no one's ever come a cropper that way have they oh no no just, no just keep I'm drilling defin- down into the technical side of things and you know t- every digital bit counts absolutely mate what you've got to understand is there's flipping forty-four thousand one hundred samples in every second of music yeah. and each one of those has got to be exactly right or your tune will sound like shit yeah n- okay? no one will dance to it no one will like it no one will play it exactly. on the radio okay exactly so yeah i mean what i want to ask you james is mm. are you gonna check out these slate <laughs> headphones and if you do um what are you going to compare them to? Because I feel like you're not, you know, you're not making a lot of dance music. You're not like trying to like make sure your mix downs are super banging into club They're or not anything like that. Just for mixing dance music here, Tim. That would be a very exclusive. Oh, but it, it sure, it sure helps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to compare them to monitors. I'm going to compare them to the actual systems that they're emulating, and I'm not just okay. going to use it for some final mix down. I'm also just going to use it for creating and doing 
rough work. Wow, okay. Well, it sounds like a waste of some crazy technology. I mean, the thing is, they don't really emulate speakers so much as the speaker and room system. Though I'll tell you what, mm. though, they do emulate specific headphones, including the Sennheiser fi- uh, 650s. Ha. And I haven't done like an A-B test with them. Mainly because my flipping Motu audio interface, you can't just turn the headphones on and off. You have to like spend ages turning the knob down and all the way up, uh-huh. which is very annoying. Also... All of my mix downs sound absolutely rubbish on the 770s. Hmm. So I'm kind of worried about that. Maybe I need to get some 770s to like on, work on with. On the emulated 770s. Yeah. Ha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know what the deal is with that, basically. But hey, maybe 770 listeners, if you're listening to my music, you're going to be shit out of luck. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I think you're taking this way too seriously. And usually it's me taking things too seriously. Usually it's you just concentrating on the music. But hey. Hey, I I take dance music to a ridiculously serious level, considering no one listens to my music and I don't make any money out of it. But I don't know. It's all just just masturbation for me, James, basically. And I want to do it right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And I'm pleased to watch you do it every two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, wicked. Nice. You're a lucky boy. Okay, Tim, you'll remember that last time we were actually recording this thing, we said goodbye to everyone and that we were going to take some time off. And uh, what, what what was I going to do? You were going to make some music. And I was sceptical because I thought you're the world's busiest man. That's not going to happen. Did it happen? <laughs> it basically didn't happen. Oh, man! Um, ah! Yeah, it's it, it's not good. I tell you what I'm going to do right now. Just, just to be, just to be correct and to retain a sense of integrity, I'm going to log into Twitter. Right, I'm going to go to my profile. I'm going to edit my profile. I'm going to take out the word. Producer oh no, James! Don't, don't stop believing, mates. Don't give up on I, the dreams. I am no, I am no longer willing to call myself a producer because I can't even find the time to produce any. Music. I think that is an atrocious state of affairs. Personally, I blame capitalism, as I do for all Mm. of the world's ills or whatever. But equally, you have a young family as well. But it just doesn't it doesn't seem fair that a young artistic man like yourself can't find the time (laughs) in today's workaday world to make some goddamn music. Do you know what I mean? Well, the thing is, I mean, I had time. There was the time wasn't the thing. It was I don't know what it was. I did end up spending the first week working instead of making music. Mm-hmm. And I probably should have applied the brakes earlier. I spent the second week trying to replicate the first week, thinking I'll cram it in there. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking the second week will be the first week. And then after the Christmas holiday, I'll come back and the first week will be the second All week. right. <laughs> uh, that never happened. Okay. Uh, so... Yeah, basically, I got to the second week, which was then the first week. And I thought I'd got all the projects ready, got everything off the old drives and all the backups and all the old stuff out, got everything installed that was meant to be. And I think I had like an afternoon of actually doing some stuff and enjoying it and doing well. And then the next day, I think I spent the entire morning trying to install some software. And as... As big a buzzkill as you can imagine mm. that is. And everyone knows. And I'd specifically tried to avoid doing doing that mm. because I knew I needed to have everything ready. I wanted my mise en place. Mm. As you remember, mm. <sighs> I just I couldn't do it. 
I could not do it. I wanted to. It, there was something just blocking me. And yeah, I'm going to need to try this again in um, a number of months. Okay, look, here's my take on it, James. I feel like making music is work. Um, in fact, I would say I find it more emotionally draining than just doing the regular work, basically. So I do feel like you need a lot of mental space to be able to do it. And it's not really the sort of thing that you can just like slot into your life, unfortunately. Mm. I mean, even if you reserve two weeks just to do the music, does that not count? No, I think it's, I think it's got to be, I feel like it's got to be part of lifestyle. I mean, from my perspective... I my pri- my priority over literally everything else is to have enough time and enough mental space to do music. And even mm-hmm. so, and even given it's my absolute priority, I still really really struggle and I spend a lot of time just being exhausted from like the regular work stuff and everything. And I'll and I'll end mm. up like doing silly stuff like making music late at night in the middle of the night and it's awful and all this sort of thing and everything. Starting a podcast. Starting a podcast exactly foolish foolish things or whatever. So yeah, I mean I feel like, you know, I want to tr- you know, I keep on saying this but I want to try and work less. And spend more of the time doing music stuff because it's the it's the only goddamn reason I'm doing any of this shit in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, one of the one of the reasons that demotivated me, which I just I just couldn't get any decent sounding drums. Like I was using things that I used to think sounded okay, they just sounded like crap. And in the end, well, this is in the last couple of weeks, I decided to buy Superior Drama. Oh wow, that's right, Tim. Buy Superior Drama. You didn't try and blag no, NFR? No blagging. No blagging. No get it for free. They gave it to a load of people free when they launched it. But I thought, you know what I'm going to do? In, as penance for being shit at making music, I'm just going to buy it. So I bought it. And you do. Why Superior I mean, Drummer over Addictive Drums? Because it seems, seems like I mean, you're pretty cosy with XLN Audio. Surely <laughs> you could have blagged a few kits as well. I'm not actually cosy with XLN Audio. Well... Everyone thinks you are, and they think you're in love. <laughs> uh, Superior Drummer, I uh, felt, was probably the best. But I, I started using that a bit over the last couple of weeks, and it's cool. But the 40 gigabyte core library doesn't actually give you that much. Oh, man. So, like, two hi-hats, and that's it, basically, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's just an incredibly well-sampled few bits of the kit. Oh, um, man. Which you don't need. It's like, I, I just... Can you just give me some drums to go? Like, a, you know, cup of coffee, please. Stick it in my hand. It's ready. James, break beats. For God's sake, just use break beats. Break oh, beats are, are humanity's greatest achievements. That's what I'm saying to you now. So basically, I still make some music. I make music for the, the things we do for the podcast, if we ever oh, do yes. anything. Uh, I, uh, I'm doing something right now for a video for a compressor that someone is releasing. So, you know, it's not like I don't do anything, but no music for music's sake still. Mm. And it's, uh, it's annoying. Well, I guess the difference, part of the, I think the main difference between our approaches to making music is... I have a kind of like a sort of very obvious goal, which is like, I want to make a bit of floaty drum and bass that a certain DJ will play or whatever. Whereas for you mm. and I, and like that, and that, you know, there are very, very rigid, you know, boundaries to that or whatever. It's kind of like, you know, um, there are rules to follow and I know exactly what I want to achieve from the end product. Whereas for you, it feels like more of a kind of amorphous thing of, 
I just want to make some music. Do you know what I mean? Which is a, which is a trickier proposition because then you're not really funneled into down a particular direction. <laughs> yeah, but I did have some direction. I did narrow it down. I knew exactly what I was going to start working on. Mm. It just it just it felt like it was procrastination or it just it just wasn't coming. I mean, an- another um, thing that might uh, might be a, an issue is I find it hard to make music in a room that I haven't already made a lot of music in and uh, because okay. and because you'll be, you'll constantly be second guessing yourself like does my shit snare sound shit maybe everything's mm. shit uh, maybe all maybe mm. all other music is shit so and part part something that helps with that is referencing as well which I find useful see I, d- I don't I don't worry about that uh, like we were saying I mean it's not about does my snare sound microscopically inorganic uh, to the 96th degree if you listen to it in this specific That's all that matters about music. <laughs> it's the notes, my friend. Oh, mate. Notes. Do you know what? I find the more I, the more music stuff I do, <laughs> I do, I knock out the notes in about two seconds. With, with the MIDI capture in live, it's always like I'll just bash the keyboard <laughs> like an idiot i'll be like yeah that sounds great or whatever capture the video off i go and then i'll spend hundreds of hours layering up different snare drums or whatever to get the right result so yeah i think i think notes are bullshit i think i think we've got a naming problem here i think what i'm talking about is music and what you're talking about is beats yes oh i love beats slam in beats mate there you go they should be two different things i guess so i guess so James, I want to talk to you about something very serious. I want to talk to you about Burnout, James. Yes, the series of yeah, the series of arcade racing games that peaked with Burnout 3 <laughs> Takedown, one of the best games ever created. No, I want to talk about actual Burnout. I had to, I like during last year I had to take a week off. And when I say week off, this isn't a week where I was just like chilling out, like sitting in the park or whatever, chatting to girls. This was a week where I just sat gibbering in my bed, drooling, because I couldn't make my brain do any more work, basically. When, when was this again? This is oh, like, I don't know, fucking September, October, maybe. Uh-huh, I the, the whole uh-huh. last year's a blur, basically. And then on Christmas or whatever, I was working up to, due to my own idiocy, I ended up working up to December 20 freaking 3rd or whatever, Bob Cratchit mm-hmm, style. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> if I if I do any more goddamn work, I can't do any more goddamn work. My brain is seizing up. And then I ended up spending like the week between Christmas and New Year's, which I wanted to like just work on music stuff again, more work. But mm. I ended up just like not being able to do anything and spending a lot of time gibbering and drooling, mate. I mean, it just seems it just seems like a a crappy state of affairs. And I I know that you um you said you've you've been struggling getting back into work since Christmas and everything, and it's been a bit of a slog. Tell me your thoughts. Mm. Tell me your thoughts on this. Well, yeah, I I took those two weeks to try and make music, and then there was going to be another couple of weeks for the actual holiday, but it sort of turned into those first two weeks being basically just winding down. Mm. Actually, the first week of that being working, and then the second week starting to wind down. And the two weeks off were good, but they were very, very, very necessary Mm. because I was screwed. I was just... Pushing too hard for too long. Mm. But then, yeah, coming back in January, it was still very hard to get stuff done. 
in the first couple of weeks. I'm definitely back on it mm. now. But it's very, definitely, de I think I was still working quite a lot, but I felt very demotivated about it and I really had to push myself to mm, do it. Mm. Yeah, I probably definitely avoided my own burnout, but then it just took longer and I should have taken even more time off, but I couldn't. Mm. Can't just take time off willy-nilly, Tim. You can't, but I'm starting to think maybe you can. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think just even just in terms of keeping up my efficiency for the rest of the time when I'm caning it, maybe I should like try taking like every other Wednesday off or something and like okay. going outside or whatever. I mean, I do. I am trying to be really good, right? I'm eating mm. right compared to how I used to. I'm getting more exercise. I'm trying to do stuff like that. I'm I'm meditating basically every day now or whatever. But still, I'm feeling like the sort of the volume of work and the kind of like how because like the thing is you uh, it's to do with how much how much you're doing like you know the like the density of the work basically I think is maybe the best way to say it mm. because you know you could make say a video or whatever over a few days or whatever. And that wouldn't be too much of a pain in the ass. But generally, because of various reasons, like deadlines other people have or whatever, or your own financial nightmare, you've got to, like, you know, really just, like, hammer away at stuff or whatever. And I'm thinking I want to get into a position where I'm just not having to just, like, absolutely cane it each and every day. It's like being in crunch time nonstop. Do you know what I mean? Deadlines, too many conflicting things, and people have a tendency to leave things as late as they can anyway, which is just going to put you in crunch time anyway. I don't think you necessarily do I that. try, like, honestly, I try and do everything as quickly as possible because I, ha I have real issues with anxiety. So I want to try and make sure that I am being as punctual as I can with absolutely everything or whatever. And I don't know. And I, yeah, and I find like increasingly as well, I finding like I just can't stop thinking about work and I can't stop doing work. You also have the problem that you live in your living room. Yes. <laughs> you sleep in your sleeping bedroom and then you work in your working bedroom. Yes, that's true. And you sometimes go for a little poo in your bathroom, don't you? Yeah, sometimes I do. Not that often, though. Um, so, so yeah, um, yeah, that's the thing as well. Living alone and being in lockdown, I have absolutely nothing to distract me from work. I don't really watch any TV anymore. Apart from, I did manage to get the whole of Seinfeld for 20 quid on iTunes over Christmas. <laughs> so I will watch 10 minutes of an episode of Seinfeld while I eat my dinner. And that's as close as I get to having an interaction with another human being. So I think maybe we're getting the to dinner. the root of why um, I don't really have a proper lifestyle. I mean, you just like, why don't you just hire an office like I do? Ah. I don't want well, no, because the thing is, it's because then I'd just be coming. Then I'd then it's like, oh, shall I stay in my lovely uh, interest filled office or shall I go back to my empty cold house where nothing is happening? I think that I think that would possibly even work the other way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it might do. It's It's a bit of a risk that it'll go like that. Um, I th yeah, I mean, I mean, if you got any suggestions mm. for me, mate, because I mean, the thing is, I think you're probably suffering from this even more than me. But I'm desperate for any kind of help, basically. Help with what particularly? Um, just uh, dealing with burnout and not not wanting to work all See, the time. Mine isn't 
a problem of having to work all the time because I don't have that much time where I can work. Like you were talking about taking every other Wednesday off. I have I don't work on Wednesdays at all because I'm looking after my son on Wednesdays. Right, so right. It's more like I've got four days a week and all right. those days are not even eight-hour days and then I've got to mop up the rest of the work in the oh, evening. Oh, Jesus. And, and try not to mop anything up over the weekends. So I've kind of got the opposite problem. Yeah. But for the same reason. Or I've got the same problem for a different reason. Yeah, right. I mean, I do, like, not to be melodramatic about this, but I do worry about the long-term effect this is having on our brains or whatever. And I worry that one day I'm just going to reach a state of, uh, you know, burnout where I'm going to be like, I just don't want to do work ever again. My my mind is mm. my mind. You know when horses won't go over a jump. It would be yeah, my mind yeah. will refuse basically <laughs> that sort of thing. A uh, bit like that, yeah. Your mind just won't let you uh, go through another day, and it'll stroke out. Yeah, oh, yeah. I I'm so convinced I'm going to have a stroke. Basically, <laughs> we all know it's going to happen. But yeah, I just don't. I don't want to happen. Well, I feel like we haven't really come to any good conclusion there. No, I I like having an office separate from the home, so I can go and do work there and uh, try as much as possible not to work at home but when you uh, get a family that becomes a lot less possible um, mm-hmm. I really don't have that much advice uh, because clearly I'm uh, not very good at avert- averting stuff like this uh, otherwise it wouldn't have happened. Well, maybe this is something that we can both look to improve upon our own separate situations in 2021. We'll see what happens. And uh, we'll see what I'm, happens, I'm pretty yeah. much thinking that we're going to ha- have the exact same conversation at the end of uh, this year as well. <laughs> so well, whatever. I've, I'll tell you what I do have. I have I'm got scheduling time off for April and for August oh. and then for December as usual. So I get... Uh, at least get sort of structured every four months, taking some time. Yeah, off. I mean, I haven't had an extended period of time off that's been planned in advance since possibly 2013. So maybe that's got something to do with it. You might want to do some of that. Yeah, okay. Food for thought. Tim, we're going to talk about Native Instruments. Hey, uh, Native Instruments, everyone's favourite company that makes patch libraries. <laughs> is, that what, is that what they are? Uh, what do they make? Instruments that run natively on your computer. Have you heard of such a no, thing? No, I haven't. I haven't. What an amazing uh, innovation. So you forwarded me an email from them uh, saying that they got a bunch of investment, basically. More right? investment from the same venture capitalists or whoever it is that they gave them a bunch of you know, three, three million squidos a couple of years ago, I think, basically. Yeah called Francisco Partners. In 2017, they invested 50 million euros in Native Instruments, and now there's another investment to achieve, quote, majority ownership in the company. Majority ownership, you're fucked! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what's going to happen to Native Instruments now they're owned by venture capitalists? Look, I mean, let me say this, Tim. If there is one thing... That is guaranteed to produce good, <laughs> good musical instruments, which will strengthen the whole art of music. Yeah, right. It is financiers. <laughs> 
You you remember Stradivarius back in the day? Love them. Stradivarius' best work was financed by the Habsburgs. <gasps> that, that it's, uh, oh, it's all, it all fits. It was all them, you see. Then, of course, Steinway. It was J.P. Morgan. What is that true? No. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There, there is no coincidence that these legendary musical instruments were just made by people with loads and loads of money. You know, when you have an investment partnership or anything like that, or any kind of venture capitalism, mm. if the whole point of it existing is to make loads and loads of money, then of course the instruments are going to get better and better <laughs> in quality, right? Well, that makes, that makes they're gonna be, just loads of sense. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's going to be more and more people developing them. You remember that uh, Fender got bought in, what was it? Was it 1959, 1962, something like that? Fender. Do some research, James. You're it? a journalist. Yeah, I'm doing some live research. It's 1965. The management of Fender transferred to the CBS Corporation. And, you know, most Fender guitars pre-1965 were just piles of shit. <laughs> I, now, it's it's the these uh, sort of just milking the customer for as much as they can get, not doing anything new. That is the true spirit of Fender, and it's all thanks to corporate buyouts and acquisitions. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it seems like NI, apart from their DJing hardware, it seems like they've kind of not really been doing anything for ages now. Do you know what I mean? Certainly not since Massive X. What, since about 2017? I mean, they have. They've been putting out a load of uh, easy-to-use, easy-to-make instruments, which all have the same kind of similar shared patterns and features across them and can be quite easily replicated into new instruments and sold at volume. Mm. It's 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 what the soul of uh, musical instrument manufacturers does. Because like, the thing is, NI is important to the industry as a whole because they do contact. What's going to happen with contact? That's what I want to know. I don't know. This This whole thing just makes me think, I'm sure there's money in native instruments, and that's why the uh, predatory uh, venture capitalists are lining up for a slice, another slice. But, you know, when money goes in, what do you expect is going to come out? I Like, the thing is, it's, I, I just... Like, native instruments, it's a cool company, and they make cool products, but they do, it doesn't strike me as like, yeah, you're going to get incredibly rich-selling reactor. Do you know what I mean? No, it seems like a strange thing to pump money into. And they probably found an area where they can make a lot of, shall we say, efficiency. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, trade off a good brand name that everyone recognizes. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, there are, you're right, things that people rely on, like Contact and Reactor, that will, yeah, you are completely correct. They basically makes the company essential for so many people. And therefore Mm. it would be very hard for many people if it went down so there's an interest in keeping it afloat so these guys can suck money out of it yeah i mean there's going to be a lot of uh, contact instrument manufacturers who if something goes awry are going to be up a proverbial creek without a paddle bruv i don't think anything's going to go awry uh i don't think that's what it's about i just think i don't think we can expect very high quality instruments hardware systems to come out of native instruments any more than has been in the last three years since this first investment. Yeah. I mean, it does 
Let me let me bring it back to the case of burnout. Uh, when Electronic Arts bought Criterion, we got uh, Burnout Paradise, which was a decent game. I wouldn't say it's as good as Burnout 3. And then we didn't get fuck all Burnout after that, basically. So it feels like the days of Burnout are over. The days of uh, getting uh, nice new crazy instruments from uh, NI might be over as well. That's what I would predict, but I'm still willing to take uh, some of that money pie if they want me to write articles hey, for them. Hey, guys, if whoever's listening, we will do anything for money. Anytime, any place, anywhere, morals are not a consideration. We've got your back. Hit us up. Okay, James, it's the outro time now. The bit at the end of the episode. You know what I'm talking about, yeah? It's the bit where we plug all our stuff. Like, you can go to patreon.com slash A4P podcast or A4P podcast.com to donate. Uh, become a Clam Club member and get free access to exclusive videos and exclusive episodes. And you can go to A4P podcast.com to go and find uh, links to buy our t shirts, can't you? Yeah, Tom? wow. I didn't expect that. A very professional plugging all in one go. Amazing. I think you really raised. <laughs> the bar there mate that's pretty good actually um there's there's something else i want to plug as well i've got a vinyl release coming out shortly uh james mm. it's always nice when one of those comes around this is a remix i did with soul structure of a classic intelligent jungle tune called skyliner by the invisible man and that is coming out on the very lovely soul deep recordings um and there's a soul structure and nookie track on the flip side and Nookie is one of my all-time goddamn heroes. So I feel blessed to be part of this. If you want to have a little listen, why don't you just uh, do a little bit of a Google for the, um, the, well, invi- the no, Invisible no. Man? Why don't, you go on, why don't you go on a4ppodcast.com and look at this episode's uh, show notes and uh, Tim will give me the link. Oh, okay. Well, I can do that. Yeah, wow. How, how high tech or whatever. I mean, I wanted everyone to I wanted everyone to really work for it and get their hands dirty, <laughs> but maybe, maybe convenience is king. But uh, yeah, so um, so that's uh, you can pre-order the vinyl of that and that's also coming to digital services in like March or something if uh, if you're living the digital lifestyle which so many of us enjoy how did that all come about uh, John from Soul Structure is a bit of a schmoozer and he managed to get the parts from the Invisible Man who is kind of like a bit of an enigmatic figure so this was very exciting oh. and he asked me if I wanted to be involved with the remix of course I said fuck yeah um, it was the, the remix actually took a while to uh, come about because he sent me like an initial draft of it and I was just like no 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 this is terrible um, and then <laughs> and then so I I started doing it and um, how I got it working originally was the kind of like the samples the original are all over the place and I ended up um, using Melodyne to turn a major sample into a minor sample and then everything kind mm. of fit a bit better and it kind of flew it flowed from there basically but it required loads of mucky about on his part because I had a I had a kind of version of it that was kind of a bit that had the, had the kind of like bare bones there was a bit lacklustre but he put a load of like gorgeous sort of keyboard and uh, wind samples on there and everything and I really I really am very happy mm. with the results and everything. We did this mix in like 
maybe 2015, 2016. It's taken a while to come out. That's how the music industry works. Wow. So, um, so yeah. So I'm incredibly happy that it's coming to vinyl, and I think it's, I think it's one of the better things I've been involved with. I think it's fair to say. Amazing. That's a long time uh, coming, coming to the fore. Yeah. So just imagine the <laughs> shit that's going to come out six, seven, eight, nine, ten years from now, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you are in for not a treat. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, if you'd like to check out, that would be lovely. Oh, okay, everyone. We are now officially back on podcast schedule, and we will catch you again for another episode in a couple of weeks. Yeah, see you in four months, guys. Congrats. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>